0: And we're back with Hope Lives 365 and the answer to the passions that hold us in bondage despite our best efforts. Here again is Pastor Mark Findlay.
1: So the question then is, what breaks this dilemma? What breaks this bondage between what I want to be and what I am? Paul says, Romans chapter 8, verse 3, Romans 8. For what the law could not do. What the law could not what? Do. Why not? Was there some problem with the law? Not at all. Paul already said it was holy, just, and good. In that it was weak through the flesh. So the problem is not the law. The problem is what? It's me. It's you. The problem is not the law but the problem is the weakness of our human flesh because of our inherited genetic predispositions to sin. So Paul says, verse 3, What the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by his own Son in likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So Paul says, What we could not do, Christ has done.
0: Pastor Mark Findley with the encouragement that there is an answer for our inability to live under our own power in a way that pleases God. On today's Hope Lives 365, we're providing this lesson to encourage you to act upon right thinking. And to take advantage of uh, these biblical resources beyond this broadcast, go to our website, hopelives365.com. At hopelives365.com, you'll find today's message audio to listen to or to even download for nominal fee. And next time, Pastor Mark will continue his message about finding strength for lasting change and overcoming the failures of the flesh by walking in the ways of the Spirit. Join us then on the next Hope Lives 365. Today on Hope Lives 365, Pastor Mark Finley points us toward the true source of strength for our lives, the Spirit of the Living God.
1: You see, here's the point that Paul is making. His desires are right, but he tries to live the Christian life in his strength. And he tries to be the man that he wants to be, but he cannot achieve that ultimate goal. Now, there's nothing wrong with the law. It is just, holy, and good. The problem is with the weakness of human nature.
0: An invitation to yield control of your life and passions to one more trustworthy, the eternal God, the giver of all good things. As Pastor Mark will explain, we can't live a godly life uh, if we want to live under our own weak human efforts, only by God's unstoppable power and we see evidence of His exceeding great and precious promises for us. And you'll learn more about that next on Hope Lives 365. Welcome back to Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Findlay. Before the lesson, a reminder that we have some helpful resources for you, including today's message Strength for Lasting Change. That's the title. Remember it. Look for it at the website, hopelives365.com. Again, hopelives365.com. Mark Findlay is our teacher, and he's a pastor and author as well as an international speaker. He's spoken in over 80 countries. He's president of Hope Lives 365, a ministry that's here to encourage and strengthen you in your spiritual journey. Today, Pastor Mark is beginning with a story about John Wesley, who in his weakness and ailing physical condition, heard someone reading aloud from the commentary of Martin Luther, a reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, and immediately, he felt a warm spark of deep spiritual renewal and peace. With more on that, here's Pastor Mark Findlay.
1: John Wesley was the famed Wesleyan Methodist preacher. There was a point in Wesley's life where he did not have the strength to go on in his preaching. He was exhausted. His health was failing. And when death stared him in the face, Wesley wrote about it later. He said that he was fearful and he found very little comfort in his religion. And Wesley had confided in a friend. He said to his friend, I just don't think I can carry on any longer. I'm going to give up ministry forever, can't preach another sermon. That night, as he went to sleep, he couldn't sleep, and he woke up about 5 o'clock in the morning. And as God often does, he led Wesley to a Bible text. The text that John Wesley read that morning in the early morning hours was found in 2 Peter 1, verse 4. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to take them and turn to 2 Peter 1, verse 4. Now get the context. Wesley's really struggling. Wesley's really discouraged. Wesley wonders whether he could go on in his ministry. His strength is gone. His health is failing. And that morning he got up and began looking in Scripture. And as he did, he read 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. By which have been given to us... Exceeding great and precious promises. Now, notice the Bible doesn't say that God gave us promises. It says he gave us what kind of promises? Precious promises. But not only precious promises, but great and precious promises. Not only great and precious promises, but what? Exceeding great and precious promises. That through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Wesley began to think about that, and he began to think, God gave us great and precious promises. And there was a new joy in his life, but yet through that day, he felt somewhat discouraged. That evening, he felt impressed that he should go to England, to London. He was living, of course, outside of London, and go to a little chapel called the Aldersgate Chapel. So Wesley went to Aldersgate Chapel that night for the evening service there was a layperson who was reading the preface to Martin Luther's commentary on the book of Romans. And as Wesley sat in that little simple chapel, listening to the commentary on the book of Romans, he later wrote in his diary, and these are are Wesley's words. He says it was about 8.45 p.m., and Luther was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ. I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for my salvation. And an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. Wesley says, as I sat there, my heart was strangely warmed. What's my prayer, that we will find our hearts strangely warmed. That as we look at the book of Romans that will sense the Spirit of God working in our own hearts. That where there are burdens, they will be lifted. Where there is darkness, it will give way to the dawn of a new day. Where there is despair, it will give way to wings of hope. Where there is doubt, it will give way to faith. And where there is weakness, it will give way to new strength. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to Romans, the eighth chapter. Here in Romans, the eighth chapter, the Apostle Paul begins some of the most sublime verses in the entire New Testament. Romans chapter 8, we're looking there at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now notice there is no what, there's no what. The scripture says that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now, the word condemnation in Scripture is a very fascinating word. It means guilt, but it means more than guilt. It means punishment, but it means more than punishment. In the New Testament, the word condemnation has to do not only with the guilt from a broken law, but it has to do with the person who is under condemnation is actually receiving the sentence of punishment. So if you're under condemnation, you are not only filled with guilt, but there is no escape from the punishment that comes with that guilt. So if a judge sentences you for breaking the speed limit, for example, and you've been going 60 miles an hour in a 40 mile an hour zone, you not only receive the guilt of that, but you have to pay the penalty for that guilt, namely a $130 fine or whatever that is. So when Paul says there is no condemnation, what's he speaking about? He means that the judgment against somebody for breaking God's law, including the penalty for that, is removed. It means that the punishment from the guilt that should be executed is gone. What is Paul is saying is this that in Christ and through Christ and because of Christ, we've been delivered from the old order of bondage and condemnation and slavery to a new life of pardon, of power, of liberty. He then continues by describing two ways of life. Now, notice the text, verse 1. First, there is no condemnation. We're not under bondage. The guilt of sin is gone. We've been released from the penalty of that sin to those that are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So he he outlines two ways, walking according to the flesh and walking according to the Spirit. So what does it mean to walk according to the flesh? What is the divine understanding in the book of Romans when it talks about walking according to the flesh? Now it's quite clear Paul's not simply talking about our bodies as flesh and blood. He's not simply saying, don't walk in harmony with your your fleshly bodies. That's not what he's talking about. He really means human nature with all of its weakness and all of its vulnerability to sin. He means that part of the human nature that gives sin its beachhead. He means the sinful human nature apart from Christ. So to live according to the flesh is to live a life... Dominated by the dictates and desires of sinful human nature, instead of a life dominated by the dictates and desires of the love of God. That's what it means to live according to the flesh. The flesh is the lower side of our nature. It has to do with our inclinations, our passions, our drives, our appetites, our carnal, sinful, selfish nature. So if you're controlled by the flesh, you're controlled by your feelings. So you're prompted, you're governed by the feelings of human nature rather than governed by the Spirit of God. If you're controlled by the flesh, you're controlled by your passions. They're out of control. If you're controlled by your flesh, you're controlled by your desires. You choose to do what you want to do when you know what God wants you to do. If you're controlled by your flesh, you're controlled by your appetite. So your appetites dictate. So to be controlled or to walk in the flesh is to be controlled by the human nature with its appetites, its lusts, its passions and desires apart from the living Christ.
0: Pastor Mark Finley admonishing us to remember that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and who walk not in the ways of the flesh but in the Spirit. You know, the battle for control of our passions is one that we can't fight alone. You're listening to Hope Lives 365, Pastor Mark Fenley, back in a moment. You know, this principle of not walking according to the flesh reminds me of some of the dominant philosophies in our world, past and present, that have essentially failed to improve the lives of men and women. In a helpful short book written by Pastor Mark, He looks at thought-makers, several of them, uh, who rule the world from their graves, examining their lives and their thinking, and uh, even though they're gone, how that influence is still there. Uh, These men are Charles Darwin, Sigmund Freud, and Karl Marx. Uh, Pastor Mark compares their philosophies with the teachings of Jesus, explaining why only Christ has the power to change lives for good request your copy it's called the thought makers available upon request for your gift of any amount to the ministry of hope lives 365 call today 855 triple hope that's 855 888 4673 or go to the website hope lives 365.com again hope lives 365.com while at that website, let me encourage you to consider making a donation to Hope Lives 365. Give online by calling 855 888 Hope. You can hear the entire message that Mark is presenting right now at that website, and also you can, uh, for a nominal fee, download an audio file of the message Strength for Lasting Change. Look for it in our radio archives online at hopelives365.com. Again, that's hopelives365.com. In a moment, Pastor Mark continues his explanation of the differences between walking in the flesh compared to walking in the Spirit. It's a struggle, and with only one is the Spirit of God involved to help us.
1: Paul is saying that there's this struggle between the law of the fallen human nature within me, between the law of God and the law within me. Can you identify what the Apostle Paul is talking about?
0: Stay with us for more Hope Lives 365. Welcome back to Hope Lives 365. Pastor Mark Findlay shares why the power of the Spirit of God is so important for the Christian believer to overcome the desires and the appetites and passions of our human hearts.
1: Now, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Now it's really fascinating. In Romans chapter 8, for the first time in the book of Romans, you have the Holy Spirit introduced. So, in Romans chapter 8, the Spirit is mentioned 20 times, 20 times in Romans 8 alone. Now, the, the Spirit has a very specific connotation in not only the book of Romans, but in all of Paul's writings. It's not only the word for spirit. You see, in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, the word for spirit is ruach. Can you say that with me? Ruach. And this word spirit can also be translated as something else. Do you know what else the the word spirit can be translated in in the Old Testament? What can be translated? Breath or wind. So when Paul's thinking of the spirit, when he says there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, After the desires, after the appetites, after the passions, after the inclinations of the human heart, but after the spirit. When he uses the word spirit, he uses ruach. And what Paul means by that word is ruach, it's the word for wind. Now, when you think of wind, when you think of a hurricane, like the recent Hurricane Dorian, what do you think about wind when it has 200 miles an hour? You think about what? Power. So when Paul is thinking about not walking on the weakness of the flesh, the human inclinations or desires, but walking in harmony in the spirit, he first thinks about power. Now the second thing that you notice about this word ruach in the Old Testament is this, that it always has to do with something divine. So when Paul writes about it, what he's writing about is this, that when you walk in the spirit... You're walking in the divine power of God, which is a supernatural power, which is stronger than the power of your inclinations, your desires, your passions, and the appetites. So what Paul is saying in this passage is this. There was a time that the Christian was at the mercy of their appetites. There was a time that the Christian was at mercy to their inclinations. There was a time that the Christians, at the the mercy of their passions, desires. But at that point, the law of heredity and the law of human nature simply moved them to sin. But through the gift of God, the surging power of the Holy Spirit comes into the life. And as the result, there is a new life of victorious living. That leads us to Romans 8, verse 2. So in Romans 8, verse 1, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus because they are no longer living in harmony with the law of the flesh, the appetites, inclinations, passions, and desires, but now there is a new law that has entered into their life, that is the law of the Spirit. Then he says in Romans 8, 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free From the law of sin and death. So you have to raise the question then, what is the law of sin and death? Now you go to Romans chapter 7 and it explains what the law of sin and death is. In Romans 7 and 8, there are three laws. There's the law of sin and death. There is the law of God. And there is the law of the Spirit. So if you're going to understand Romans 7 and 8, you have to understand the three laws. The law of sin and death, the law of the Spirit, and the law of God. Okay, so Romans chapter 7, we're looking there to begin in verse 5. What is the law of sin and death? For when we were in the flesh, we were in what? The flesh. The passions of sins which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. So the law of sin and death is the law in my members. It's the law of heredity. It's the law of the human drives and inclinations. It's the law of the sinful fallen nature. Then, Paul, drop your eyes down now to verse 12. Paul is talking in verse 7 about frustration, about failure. He is saying that there's this struggle between the law of heredity within me, the law of the fallen human nature within me, and there's a struggle between that and the law of God without me. He says, therefore, the law is holy, the commandment is holy and just and good. So the Apostle Paul is simply saying this, look, there's a law inside of me that is the law of human weakness. It's the law of human nature. It is the law of heredity. It's the law of my passions. But the law, there's a law outside of me, and that's the law of God. But the problem is, I don't know how to keep the law of God. He is saying is, there's these two laws. The law outside of me, which is the law of God, that is just, holy, and good. That says, you shall do this good thing, and this good thing, and this good thing. But, he says, the law within me says, I can't do the thing I would. So he's saying there's this fierce battle that's taking place in my life. Between the law of God and the law within me. And he says the law of the inward man, the law of my members, the law of heredity, the law of fallen human nature is prevailing in my life. And so I have to cry out because I find myself sinking deeper and deeper into sin. And I try as hard as I can and I'm constrained and dragged down by the law of sin because it's so powerful in my life. And so what does Paul say in Romans chapter 7 and verse 24? Romans 7 verse 24. Here's what Paul says if you look there. He cries out at the end of Romans 7. And, and you look there at verse 24 and he says this, O wretched man that I am, who be able to deliver me from the body of death. Can you identify with the Apostle Paul? Paul says, look, we've got fallen human natures. And in these fallen human nature, we may desire to do what's right. We want to do what's right. But the appetites, the passions, they seem at times to be out of control. There's the law of God that is wholly just and good. Now, here is the fascinating thing. In Romans chapter 7, from verse 9 to 24, the word I occurs 27 times. In Romans chapter 8, the word I occurs twice and the word spirit occurs 20 times. You see, here's the point that Paul is making. In Romans chapter 7, His desires are right, but he tries to live the Christian life in his strength. He tries to live the Christian life in his power. He tries to live the Christian life, and he tries to be the man that he wants to be, but he cannot achieve that ultimate goal because the law of heredity is greater for him and doesn't provide him the strength to keep the law that's just, holy, and good. Now, there's nothing wrong with the law. It is just, holy, and good. The problem is with the weakness of human nature.
0: Pastor Mark Findlay warning us that uh, trying to live the Christian life in our own power will ultimately fail because of the weaknesses of our own human nature. But God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to overcome our passions more on that here on hope lives 365 he's coming back pastor mark wants this reminder to be shared with you uh, about his book the thought makers about uh, three men who continue to rule the world from their graves in this book pastor mark compares the human thinking of these influencers and compares it to the teaching of jesus Uh, this book is available in return for your donation of any size just requested when you contact us. The Thought Makers is the title. Mention that when you call 855 888 HOPE or go online to hopelives365.com. Again, the phone number is 855 888 HOPE and the website hopelives365.com. You know, we love hearing from you and specifically how these messages from Pastor Mark are helping you. Let us know how they're touching your life. And when you write to us, enclose a contribution to help with the expenses of this ministry. Write to Hope Lives 365, Post Office Box 118, Haymarket, Virginia, 20168. And remember, you can also, while online, listen to today's message, Strength for Lasting Change. That's at the website in the radio archives, hopelives365.com.
1: The problem is not the law. But the problem is the weakness of our human flesh because of our inherited genetic predispositions to sin.
0: In a moment, Pastor Mark closes out today's program of Hope Lives 365.